All right, I got some work for you to do as we get started this morning. I need you to name the top three things that would make your life better this week. The top three things. In fact, I want you to commit to words. So grab the pencil, pull out your phone, get your notes app out, whisper to the person next to you, any way you want to do it. But I need you to commit to three things. Don't stew over it. Uh, Just what comes to mind first. Top three things that would make your life better this week. I'm going to keep explaining. And for those of you that uh, need some more explaining in order to do that, uh, we'll let the other ones get started. Uh, You don't need a full explanation, like a word or two. You can draw a picture of whatever that thing uh, might be. Just something simple. Jot down three things. The idea is this. If, If these things were not just ideals but reality, that would make life so much better. And I realize that to some extent you need to suspend reality to consider this, but do that. You don't have to explain how this could happen, just what it is that you'd like to be different. Now, if you're still stuck and don't have things uh, written down yet, or maybe you only got one, uh, what'd you pray about this week? What are the things that have been on your heart that maybe you should have prayed about this week? Uh, Write those down. And if you're really, really stuck, can you at least just commit to one thing? You've written down a word, a phrase, something. One thing. Now, let's take a look at what's there. I think most of what you've written down will fit into one of two categories. One, something outside of you that's different so that it's not so challenging. Or, number two, something inside of you is different, so you're better able to meet the challenges that are before you. So essentially, it breaks down to change the external circumstances or change my internal capacities. Like, change the external circumstances. That, like, it would be awesome if my boss was just kinder. And no, Pastor Brian, that isn't what I'm saying about you. You write that down. You got your notebook there. Like, change the external circumstances. Like, things like, it'd be awesome if my headaches would go away and they didn't bother as much. It would be awesome if those who are working in our governments would work more selflessly and for the common good. It would be awesome if food insecurity would go away. It would be amazing if you could change the external circumstances so that mental illness was no longer something that people had to think about. Or maybe it's change internal capacities, like, Lord, I need you to make me more patient this week. Lord, I need you as the things that come along that they don't build up inside me with full of stress so much. Or maybe just, Lord, I need my brain to work, that when I take on this project at work or I do this homework that needs to happen, that I would just be able to get the task done. I think we do pray about lots of these things, and I suspect the idea behind it is life would be better if these things were different. God, provide for those I care about. Provide for me so that whether near or or far, we all can be one step closer to the best life available to us on this side of eternity. Now take a look back at that list that you've got in front of you. If any of the three things on the list not only came to mind in this moment, but God drew them to your mind and you turned them to prayer over the past week, like that's worth celebrating. This is God at work in you. This is the Holy Spirit leading you, leading you to obedience to Jesus' invitation to look to him for every good thing. So celebrate that. That is worth noting. Okay, now look again at those three things, whether you prayed for them or not. 
and consider why were these the three that came to the top of my mind, the things that I want different? Why did you pick them? And the question really that I'm getting at uh, is to what extent do you want the external circumstances to be different or the internal capacities to be different so that you can better handle what comes? Meaning, if we're praying so that God would provide for us in such a way that we need God less, we're missing the boat. Certainly there's nothing wrong uh, with wanting to have or working toward being one step closer to the fullness of life, to the best life available to you on this side of eternity. For Jesus himself said, it was read just a minute ago, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. John chapter 10, verse 10. In fact, I'd like you to pull out your Bible now. You can pull the one in the pew in front of you. If you brought your Bible with you, open it up now, digital version. That works to John chapter 10, starting at verse 1. We're going to work our way through that and take a closer look. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. I'll give you a, a sec to get there. If you still haven't written down uh, one or two three things, you should do that now. <laughs> See, friends, the good news is that, that Jesus actually wants this life to the full for you even more than you do. But his way to get there is not primarily about changing your external circumstances nor your internal capacities, but rather about actively listening to his voice. Let me show you what I mean. John chapter 10, he offers us this vision of something beyond us, beyond our external circumstances, beyond our internal capacities. Jesus, as he's speaking in verse one, is talking about himself as this shepherd. He says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, he is a thief and a robber. So he's talking about the voices that are out there in your life. That guy, he's a thief and a robber. But the man who enters by the gate, he's the shepherd of the sheep. And the watchman recognizes him. Verse 3, opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to this shepherd's voice. And if, if you've got your own Bible, underline this next part. Uh, he calls his own by name and leads them out. And catch verse 4 too, underline this too. Uh, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He goes on to explain that they're never going to follow the voice of a stranger. They're going to run away from him because they don't recognize his voice. And Jesus, seeing that they still didn't get it, patiently tries again. Verse 7, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Let's think about it differently, Jesus is saying. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. I, the gate, are the one that he does listen to. Verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. And again, clarifying for you the voices that are there. The thief, his purpose is only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, different than the thief, have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So there's really three uh, people he's talking about here. Jesus, a stranger, and the sheep. The sheep, uh, uh, excuse me, Jesus, this shepherd, which if you actually read ahead to verse 11 is where he says, I am the good shepherd. We're not going there today, but, but this is the context of it. This good shepherd he's, that he's talked about himself, he has a distinct and knowable voice. 
and through that voice provides life to the full. And he warns, he tells us, expect that this is not going to be the only voice in play out there. There will be others, but here's what my sheep do. They can discern the difference between the voices and they follow my voice. They are attentive to it. Therefore, life to the fullest, as Jesus is describing here, that he wants to give us is not only actively listening to his voice, but following it and not following the stranger voices that attempt to lead and prompt in other directions. If I'm gonna go back to the question I asked you at the beginning today, the top of our list, I think Jesus is inviting us to consider that the top thing on our top three list of what would make life better this week should be actively listening and following the voice of the shepherd. In short, let him shepherd you, for he can be heard. Now, I realize for some of you, you're like, I don't know what that sounds like. I'm not sure about this, but he can be. And if you think you can't hear, then I invite you to consider the stranger voices that may be stealing this life to the fullest from you. They, they are other voices out there that call you, uh, in one case, to a level of busyness that is inconsistent with actively listening to Jesus. Voices that tell you your value is in what you do, what you accomplish at work this week, how well your marriage is going, uh, how many friends you have and how happy they are with you, uh, how you're doing on your schoolwork, how you're progressing in terms of your, your journey toward college or your journey through college and what's coming next after that, whether or not you're going to make something of yourself, whether or not your kids are going to turn out, all these things, they, uh, this is your value in what you produce or what you accomplish. That's one set of voices. And friends, those are voices that are stealing from you. They are thieves in your life. Because the voice of the shepherd says your value is in who I say you are. And that's daughters and sons. That's those whom I love. That's those in whom I delight, Jesus is saying. My friends, the reality is no one is going to ask you to do your priorities. No one is going to ask you to, to do the things that are most important for you. They're only gonna ask you to do their priorities. I mean, just consider your email inbox for a sec. Hey, come shop over here. Come try this thing out. Come be a part of this organization. Consider the phone calls or the texts that come in. Hey, volunteer for this organization I love. Hey, give money in this direction. Consider the people that stop by, whether in the course of uh, your work day or your home day. They're coming along and saying, hey, can you help me do my homework? Hey, can you help me with this project? Hey, can you be a part of this organization or be a part of a volunteer in this way? They come in from every direction. Very infrequently have I ever been asked, hey, can you schedule some time to listen to God this week? Hey, would you actively listen to his promises? Hey, I'd really be blessed. I just want to give you a call and let you know I'd really be blessed if you would internalize those realities of that he loves you. Very rarely does this happen. And I've learned from many, there's a lot of people that, that, that say this, whether Carrie Newhoff or Michael Hyatt, Christians out there that are trying to help people organize their lives and, and go after the things that they're passionate about and keep their priorities and straight uh, in, in line. They say it this way, you, you have to schedule your top priorities 
ahead of time. Because otherwise, you'll just end up listening to all the other voices, and you'll do their priorities. And then, who's your shepherd? The one whose voice you're following. Let him shepherd you. Set aside space for it. It won't happen by accident. Yet even there, it can't just be a small nugget at the beginning or the end of my day, and then the rest of the day, all the other voices are filtering in all the time. There's much more that we'd wisely do that we might continue doing. There's a a good brother pastor, Zach Zender, I think he said it very well. He says, God could be speaking to you clearly, but if everyone else is screaming at you, you're not gonna hear him. And God doesn't usually yell. Why? Well, because he's right next to you. He's just talking. Because you can hear him when he's right next to you. If you let some of the screaming come down, you have to turn down the world's volume to hear God's voice. You know, that can mean a lot of things. The number of things I, I'm committed to. For, for every yes that I say is no to 10,000 other things, and that's hard, but, but all those yeses pile up. Uh, look, look at your calendar. Look at, uh, just take one place. Look at the number of notifications that come into you. How many are you welcoming into your life? How often are you allowing yourself to be advertised to and encouraged in a gazillion different directions? Do you have regular, daily, weekly, and yearly breaks from those things that bombard so that you've got space to be with God? One uh, guy who wrote a book called uh, TechWise Family uh, suggests maybe an hour a day, a day a week, and a week a year could be a way that we could step into this. So we could uh, remove our dependence from this uh, of screens and notifications and digital connectedness so that we could just be both with God and with the people in our lives. Maybe that's not the strategy for you today. Maybe, maybe it's the, the basket that, that lives uh, in the corner of our house where the phones go for a time and the tablets and whatever else so that we can be present together. Maybe it's that they live there until I take time to be with the Lord each day so that I don't get caught up in the whirlwind of all the things until I've spent the time with the one whose his spirit breathes life into me. If we spend an hour or two at church, maybe a minute or two each day in his word, but spend 10, 20, 30 hours of other things coming into our lives, what is shepherding you more? It's worth considering. Let him shepherd you. And part of it is limiting the input of other voices and increasing the time and frequency of his coming into you. The last thing here, and I I don't think this uh, line of thinking would be complete if we didn't consider that potentially, potentially, if I'm not hearing the voice of the shepherd who says he's speaking, who calls me his sheep, who who in the waters of baptism have made me his own and says he's doing this, if if I'm not hearing this, is it potential, potentially the reality that I don't hear because I'm afraid of what I'm gonna hear? Like, I like being my own shepherd. I think we like being our own shepherds, and having someone else shepherd us feels like a threat. 
to honestly follow his lead rather than mine, to not just say it but actually live. Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. Then my name doesn't get credit. And maybe I long for affirmation, appreciation, or reciprocation from other people, but if he's the one getting the credit for it, I don't get any of those things. This letting him lead means that my leading isn't enough, and it's admitting the inadequacy of that, which I might not want to do. If, if he's the one leading in it, and I'm gonna build his kingdom instead of mine, let him shepherd me instead of me shepherding myself, then my kingdom may never get built. My kingdom where, where my external circumstances get easier and my internal capacities become greater so that I can manage things better myself and with greater ease. But the good news is this, that greater ease with which, or that we long for so that I can manage myself even better, that ease is not life to the fullest. Your external circumstances being all the ways that you wanted and your internal capacities being everything that you desired to be born, be, is not the life to the fullest in itself. So we get to be free from hoping for, expecting, and striving at that. Instead, our shepherd invites us into the, the freedom that leads us into working with Jesus and what he is already doing. And friends, he has the internal capacity to meet whatever external challenges that would come before us. He invites his sheep, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm literally right next to you. We're pulling together in this, and I'm guiding the way. So we have lots of ideas about what might lead to life to the fullest this week and in the course of our lives. And our good shepherd in his wisdom may, he may actually lead you to those very things, to your external circumstances changing, to your internal capacities increasing, but our first posture and first action as sheep that will be led to that life to the fullest that he's prepared for us is actively listening and following the voice of that shepherd. Because regardless of what we think might lead to life and life to the fullest, our good shepherd, he knows which things will give that life to the fullest that he's prepared for us here and now in an even fuller life in the new heavens and new earth that are still to come. See, when you're listening to the shepherd, you actually don't need three, and just one thing to make life better. Let him shepherd you. In Jesus' name, amen.